0: You're listening to the Reign in Life podcast, a movement for all men to rise up and take hold of their identities in Christ. Gentlemen, welcome to the Reign in Life podcast. I am so excited you decided to join us today. My name is Ray Dallinues. If you're new here, welcome to the tribe. So glad to have you. And if you're a returning guest, I greatly appreciate your devotion to us. Today, I want to talk to you guys about temptation. And I think this is an awesome topic because everybody deals with it. We all deal with it maybe a little differently, but we all are tempted by the evil one. And here's the thing. What we do with that temptation is never the same. And that's one thing that definitely gets me going because the Bible is very specific about how we ought to take care of this. And we actually try to figure out 10 different steps and five different principles and three different rules of how to get the enemy to stop barking at your door. Here's the thing, guys there's not going to be any systems. There's not going to be any principles. There's not going to be any books that's going to surpass the wisdom that is in our Bible in the word. And so I I actually just want to bring to you some scriptures that I think have been highlighted to me during my walk with Christ and during my walk through a very, very intense season of temptation. And, I, and I'd hope that you just would be encouraged by it. I hope that you would be able to take something from it and apply it in your life. Let's just jump right into it. I released a video a couple months ago and it was titled, Temptation Is Not Sin. And really what I wanted to get across was this message that anytime that you're tempted, it doesn't mean that you are sinning or that you're doing something wrong. And I delivered that video very fast because I'm aware that I'm trying to preach to a generation that has the attention span of a goldfish, really. And I'm, I'm part of that generation, guys. So this isn't me speaking down to anybody, but really we have an issue with holding our, with, uh, getting, we really have an issue with having our attentions being held for longer than seven seconds on a a video without something switching scene or something interesting happening. It's something that's near and dear in my heart because of the seasons that I've walked through. And because of the victory that I feel like Jesus is championed for me in this area. So I just want to share this with you guys. You know, when I first became a Christian, I actually started to doubt that I was even saved. I was being tempted so much and in so many ways that I didn't know whether I wanted to sleep or not sleep because it was coming in my wakefulness and it was coming in my sleep. I didn't know whether I wanted to eat or not eat because being hungry reminded me of something and then being full reminded me of something else. You know, and I just was in this place of the battlefield really was going on in my mind. And I was in extreme turmoil. Oh, and by the way, I had just gotten married. Now I have to explain this to this woman who I moved from across the United States to Southern California, trying to get her adjusted to this military life. And oh, by the way, yeah, I'm having all these crazy thoughts and I'm supposed to be the husband that you're supposed to love and trust, right? So needless to say, guys, it really threw us into this, really thrusted us into this season of having to figure it out, having to walk this thing out with Christ. And one thing that I realized was that I was very quick to dismiss the fact that Jesus was already there. You know, in every single one of those times, I think I could go back and, and pinpoint the fact that the Lord was trying to draw me closer to him and really inviting me into a deeper relationship with him, but I was choosing to focus my mind on something else. I was choosing to focus my mind and my thoughts on the enemy and what the enemy was doing. Maybe you've done this. Maybe you've gone through certain seasons of your life and it's so much easier to focus on the problem. It's so much easier to focus on that thing that's in front of you rather than stopping and looking to God and giving it all to him. You know, we actually see this perfectly displayed in King Jehoshaphat when he had a great multitude coming against him. This is uh, 2 Chronicles 20. And there it says that King Jehoshaphat was afraid, but he set his face to seek the Lord. You see, sometimes half the battle is just choosing where it is that we're going to fix our attention. But when I was choosing to fix my attention on all the temptations that was coming at me, I really started to tell myself I'm just a second-rate Christian. I don't have it together." I, I'm embarrassed to even go to church. I'm, was I even saved? And I started to buy into this stuff. But you know what? When I really got to experience the Holy Spirit guiding me and mentoring me and showing me the Scriptures, I got to find this awesome gem. And it's uh, the word says in Ephesians six sixteen Take up the shield of faith, with which you will be able to extinguish the flaming arrows from the evil one. And there's so much there, guys. I mean, think about it. The flaming arrows from the evil one. It is trying to tell you something there. The enemy is constantly standing on a stronghold, whatever that stronghold is in your life. This is different for every single person, but the enemy can be sitting at different strongholds in our lives and shooting flaming arrows in the form of thoughts, in the form of temptation, in the form of Of these things that we don't want to think about, that we don't want to see, that we don't want to experience, that we don't want to remember. And that's just him trying to irk us, trying to uh, get us to turn away from the path that we're actually walking on. Because he knows that we are actually on our path to our promised land, that we are about to take over a land that he has been occupying for way too long. And so he sits there and shoots these flaming arrows at us. And the, the, again, the scripture says to take up the shield of faith. And that sounds a little bit too easy, right? I mean, what does that even mean? Your shield of faith. Guys, that is the Bible. That is your belief in Christ. That is your belief in what the Bible is saying. And that every single thing has that is written in it is written for you. Now, check this out. And I, I don't want you to miss this. Pay attention. If a flaming arrow passes through your shield of faith, right? doesn't stop there. Because you see, the next verse, Ephesians 6, 17, says that you should take up the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Now that word sword in the Greek isn't actually the sword that you would take up and, and you would use both hands with and you're wielding this sword like as if you were a knight or some kind of Viking. No, it's the word for dagger, right? And so this is the type of dagger that would have been seen in, in that time when Paul wrote uh, this letter to the Ephesians, where these Roman soldiers were carrying this little small metal blade on their hip that was specifically used for digging out arrows that may have pierced past their armor. That's amazing, guys. I mean, see the imagery here. God is saying that If by chance any of those flaming arrows, any of those lies from the enemy passes through your faith, you at least have the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. You still have that dagger to be able to dig out that flaming arrow. And so you flip to the word of God and you find the promises that he's speaking to you. You find the actual truths that he's saying about you today. You see, the devil is called an accuser and a liar in the Bible for a reason. If you ever want to know the truth, if you're ever curious about what the truth is in any area of your life, go ahead and listen to what he's saying and then just flip it. That is, he's going to tell you you're weak and you have no power. That must be that must mean that you are very strong and you have a lot of power. He tells you you're disgusting and and I hate you. God hates you. That must mean that you are damn awesome and God loves you because there's not one thing that can come out of the mouth of the enemy that is true. Now flip whatever the enemy is telling you in your life right now and you have your answer, guys. Be encouraged that the enemy is ever even trying to come at you. It's probably for a reason. It's for a good reason. It's because you're gaining ground in an area that he's occupied before. He knows how dangerous you would be if you actually stepped into your identity in that area. He knows that he must do everything that he can to keep you out of that. And so he he starts to throw these flaming arrows at you and he makes sure that you do not inhabit that area that God has set out for you. He tells you that you're not worthy. He tells you that you're not man enough. He tells you that you aren't chosen, that you are, that you aren't a saint. Know what I say? Whatever. I'm going to stand on the truth. I'm going to stand on, uh, on the Bible. I'm going to stand on faith and I'm going to believe and what the Lord is saying about me. Guys, I hope that you would be encouraged. I hope that you would rise up and take hold of your identities in Christ in such a way where your life is completely transformed. The, tra- the trajectory of your life completely changes, not just you, but the people who are around you. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in. We hope that you enjoyed this episode of the Reign in Life podcast. Let's continue the conversation over at I, Rain in Life. There you'll find videos, podcast episodes, and other resources that will help you reign in life. Until then, continue to march.